Hello and welcome to the Super Syntex High School Football Friday Night Multimedia Podcast. I'm Chad Conine, <laughs> along with Trip Sports Editor Bryce Cherry. We're back again for another installment of the show as we begin to understand the rhythm of high school football here uh, during this pandemic. Bryce, um, if someone... Wait, wait, wait. First, I got to interrupt. Okay. How long is this name of this podcast going to be by well, the end of the season? Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, by the way, by the time we get to the end of the season, I can finish saying the name of the podcast, and we'll be well into minute seven. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I believe it's the the hashtag Trib Friday Night Trib podcast. Friday Night podcast. 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 So, yeah. so then it'll be the Trib Friday Night Super Syntax High School Football Multimedia Podcast, <laughs> featuring Chad Conine and Bryce Cheer. Plus, if we get a sponsor. Right. And then right. we and have that on top. I, of I have some sponsorship ideas, as, as we'll find out later in the podcast. Today. Okay. Um, having said all of that, uh, like I said, we're getting used. To, I think we're getting used to the rhythm of football and the pandemic. You know, um, kind of keeping an eye on things and seeing what's going to get canceled, and and haven't had. I mean, had maybe ten percent, five percent cancellations at this point, but. If someone were to wake up from like a six-month coma today and you had to describe to them where we're at as far as uh, high school football in 2020, how would you describe it to them? Well, Chad, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go, didn't last week I, I, I called my analogy a very Chad-esque uh-huh, analogy. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. yeah, so yeah. I want you to buckle up, just bear with me uh, on this analogy because mm-hmm. we're going to get there, but... It's going to take a little explaining. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, during the pandemic, my family has gotten a puppy, as you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the puppy, Tootsie, is uh, having her spay today. She's getting oh, spayed. Oh, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Just stay with me. Hang on. <laughs> so, uh, it's major surgery. They mm-hmm. go under anesthesia. You know, they give us a little thing of post-operative instructions and stuff. By the way, this puppy is running the show at your house. Oh, yeah. It's a puppy. Yeah. So, um, and one of the things it said on there was that, look, your your pet had major surgery. It's going to be groggy. It's uh, There's certain everyday normal things mm-hmm. are, you know, may seem a little strange to them. They're going to be a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And... Where I'm going with all that is, if you woke up from a six-month coma in 2020 football season, it w- it would look a little different. Mm-hmm. I-, I mean, and it would be football. You would be fuzzy from the coma and fuzzy from the way things are going on. Right, exactly. Yeah. And um, basically, things are not necessarily as they seem. You know, I, to me, um, in the COVID era, just completing a game is a victory mm-hmm. and i've mm-hmm. heard coaches even say that you know coaches who have won coaches who have lost mm-hmm. you know i think a, a completed practice getting through another week is is a victory i think we're celebrating smaller things in 2020 right um and you know i think in the grand scheme of things it gives us gives us a good perspective on mm-hmm. things you know that you know maybe we took football high school football for granted a little bit before but certainly you know uh i think a, a fan that had just walked into a lot of these games would be like where's all the fans you know mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. that would be probably the strangest thing i think 
Yeah, whereas some of the people that have been going through the pandemic go to the football game and they go, oh, they're not social distancing at the football game. <laughs> right. Yes, the mask <laughs> shaming. Uh, we don't want to do that. Anyway, now that I've done that, let's move on. Uh, oh, it's time for the regular feature of this year's podcast, the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Yes. Now, you gave us your initial rankings last week, and then we had a full slate of games. We had two ranked teams playing each other in La Vega and Connolly. So what do you got for us this week? So uh, my rankings are a little shaken up this week. Uh, I have one team that fell out of my top five, mm-hmm. and that would be Cameron Yo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yeoman... Uh, played Belleville. Mm-hmm. Uh, got their cl- bell rung. Yeah, got, exactly. Got, and, and Belleville's a Class 4A team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking with Tommy Brashear actually today, and he goes, I don't know how that running back doesn't have any offers. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because he was like, he's legit. He's the yeah. real deal. And he had like six or seven touchdowns against Cameron Yo. So the Yeomen obviously have some work to do defensively. I mm-hmm. still think they're going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. still, it was... 54 to 41. Right. So they still game. scored plenty of points. And yeah, so I think the Yeoman might make it back into the power pole, but, or the pound for pound rankings, whatever we're calling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the team that I have moved in is China Spring. Right. Uh, I mean, they moved into the state rankings this yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're 2 0, two good wins. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Abdallah's running the ball well. I think their defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would be my number five team. My number five team last week, I don't know if you remember my rankings, was actually Conley. I have moved Conley up uh, to four okay. with a loss. Okay. Um, and that just goes to the fact that they played La Vega really, really tough. Yeah. And yeah. in talking with Shane Anderson today, um, he was saying as much and saying that that's the message he's telling his team. Look, we, we went toe-to-toe with the number one team in 4A Division One, mm-hmm. And he even paid it forward a little bit and said um, that, you know, we may get that chance again, uh, essentially against a top-ranked team in Carthage later on in the, in the year in the right. playoffs. And he said, we've got to be better. We've got to be more prepared. We've got to be ready. So he, he thinks this game with La Vega – will have lasting benefits, and that's why you play a game like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, when you look at in as recently as 2017, last time they played, and La Vega you know, kicked their butts 42-2, to and then you go and you play in 13-10, yeah. big step forward. Big, big step forward. Yeah. Uh, my top three all stay the same, and that's uh, Jonesboro. Jonesboro's continuing to roll on. They're 2-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is La Vega. I think the the gap between La Vega and Mart in these pound for pound rankings may have gotten a little smaller. I mean, um, you know, I have Mart there because they're Mart, and mm-hmm. and they're you know they're going for four in a row. Uh, they haven't shown anything that would disprove that they're the the best pound for pound team. Well, but La Vega, I mean, it is interesting that we're going into week three now, mm-hmm. and La Vega will have will be playing its third. Uh, top ten ranked team in yeah, three weeks. Cal Allen. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they haven't even played Argyle yet. You know, right. I mean, uh, right. they're they're backing down from nobody. Right, and and even with the shuffled schedule, that's what you see with them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and I think uh, maybe we've reached a point where it's part of the culture in Texas 
for these big time teams to play each other constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that was a little bit for free. That wasn't on the script this week. That's all right. Um, so I'm working on a story for Friday on local coaches who are in their second seasons at their schools. Um, you know, among them are a few candidates for surprise team of 2020. Uh, who fits that description uh, in, in your eyes? And I'll throw a couple out there. Uh, we got, um, of course, Riesel is 2-0 uh, under coach Keith Stiffelmeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Grosbeck is 2-0 and under Jerry Bomar. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a team that just wasn't very good last year, and they won a couple games. But there you go. You stole my answer. I mean, it's Grosbeck. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... As you said, the GOATs in last year in Coach Bomar's first season, and this is actually his second time around in Grosbeck, so it's right. not like he's uh, you know, unfamiliar with either the town or coaching in, yeah. in general. But uh, they were 2-8, and eight, and mm-hmm. their only wins were against Marlin, and mm-hmm. that was a pretty you know close game. It was kind mm-hmm. of a squeaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eustace was the other team mm-hmm. Grosbeck beaten in 2019. Now they're two and zero. They've already matched last year's win total, and it's not just that they're two and zero, but kind of how they've done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, two pretty convincing wins over uh, Mildred and Rice, and um, you know goats are looking good. So I, I to me they're they're kind of the surprise team, and uh, it'll be interesting to see you know how the rest of the season plays out for them. Yeah, when I talked to him in preseason. It, it, of course, he's an air raid guy. You know, I remember watching them play with that offense uh, when he was at Grand Prairie back in the early 2000s. His son, Rhett Bomar, was quarterback mm-hmm. there at the time. And, and so he's been using that air raid, you know, spread offense for a long time. And, and you can see it starting to crank up, you know. And, and one thing he says, you know, he had big receivers and some guys that kind of fit what they wanted to do. Um, even though they had, you know, had a 2-8 and eight season last year, and he said it was still a – uh, part of a building process. Um, that building is going going up pretty fast at the moment. So. Yeah, and another team, uh, you know, I do think that that, that idea of second-year coaches is kind of interesting, you know, because I think that that first year is always a, a little bit of a transition. You're getting to know the kids. You're installing your system, all that. Um, you know, it's hard to come in and have just instant Success, right? Right. Um, there's always seems to be a few bumps along the way. That second year, I think, you know, everybody's a little more familiar with each other, a little more comfortable, and uh, you know, we're seeing that in Riesel, we're seeing in that in Grosbeck, Hillsboro is another one that's mm-hmm. off to a good start. Mm-hmm. That you know, Steve Hale is a Hillsboro guy, and right uh, in right. his second year. Right. So. Now, the the flip side of that is Bruce Valetti, which the um, the results. Don't match what we're talking about, but I think the attitude does, and I, I'm going to put in the story sort of what I saw from them and during the first half when they played Crawford off their feet in the, in the first and second quarter. Um, and and I'll, wait, I'll make people wait and read the story, but there is a little bit of an element of that you can see trust building among a team and a program there. So. Yeah, and another team that you and I have talked about mm-hmm. in that same realm uh, with a second-year head coach mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. McGregor. Yeah, uh, you know, lost to a four A 4A Lake Worth team, uh, right, right, the right. first week, and then last week took on Mart, and you know, played Mart tough. I mean, uh, obviously Mart is Mart, and they're going to give you a game, uh, but I think McGregor, even at zero and two, seems to be trending in the right direction. If that makes sense, mm-hmm, I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to these coaches, and one thing they always say is, obviously they want to try to win a game, but they want to get better. 
you know, week to week. And right. I'm, I'm not so sure that McGregor's not doing that. You know, I think that they're, they are getting better. No, I think McGregor has, you know, a, a pretty good team. Unfortunately, you know, they got a pretty good team and go three and seven this year. It could. It's a really tough district. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, you know, but obviously, you know, these early games don't count toward that. So, right, right. You know, if they can get better and, you know, they could be a player in that district. Right. Uh, finally, the, the game of the week on the TV broadcast to be broadcast by KWTX on the CW. And that, this is where the sponsorship came. came yeah, out. we need to call these guys. Yeah. We need to call, uh, you know, Tyler over there at KWTX and, you know, figure out how to get some money Some sponsorship this. dollars for the podcast. And that, that way we can add another couple of words to the podcast Absolutely. title as well. Sure. So, um, it's Troy Robinson. And that's going to give Central Texas fans an opportunity to sit on their couch on Friday night eat a pizza, and watch <laughs> Troy star Zach, Herb, uh, uh, Zach Herbacek. Right. We always say that different. I, I say Herbacek. Herbacek. Okay, yeah. yeah okay. I, I don't know if, we, if, we're, if we're saying it right. We, get to, we know how to spell it. Well, you remember Kent Herbeck for the Twins? Yeah. So I just try to use Kent Herbeck and right. Kent Herbacek. Herbacek. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he's great running back for them. You got to see him in the playoffs last year in a fantastic game against Whitney. And so that got me thinking, you know, name one player you've seen going all back in all your years, way back to the 60s, and uh, tell me uh, one player you've seen on the high school level that you think would make for good TV viewing. So uh, I wrote down more than one because okay. I can't just limit it to one. Um, I, I will say back to Herbacek for just for a second. Mm-hmm. He's not my answer, uh, although he's worth watching for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I did notice that uh, our our freelancer Zach Burke, who covered uh, the Troy Mejia game for mm-hmm. us last week, mm-hmm. had a tweet that said, "Of all the running backs I've seen at the high school level, Zach Robachik maybe the best I've ever seen." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was high praise, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, so uh, he's the real deal. He's fun to watch. Right. Um, the three that I mentioned are all Central Texas guys. There's others I I could think of, but. Um, Rashad Paul, mm-hmm. um, obviously the, the great Bremont quarterback who had such an incredible run there, three, mm-hmm. three straight state championships. Uh, his record in high school was just, you know, incredible. But what made him so special, again, is the way he did it and, and just how dynamic in the open field he was. And I'll never forget watching on TV. Uh, I think Jason Ortz may have been covering that game for us. Uh, it was state game against oh gosh who was it against I can't remember uh, but he he did like a you know Madden type spin move you know <laughs> in the open field and it was just ridiculous um, and then Quan Cosby from Mart you know is another guy that just dominated on both sides of the ball right and, you know and that was pretty early in your trip career yeah right? yeah I did I did see him play uh, and he was just a playmaker. I mean, and then uh, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a forgotten guy, I think, uh, you know, underrated in, in hindsight. Um, but he was really fun to watch in high school. It was Robert Johnson, the Waco High quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, extremely athletic, uh, could really throw the ball, but also could run. And uh, I'll never forget a triple overtime game against A&M Consolidated. He was rolling left and threw across his body back to the right and mm-hmm. threw it on a just a 
rope to his mm-hmm. receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, dude. I mean, he was fun to watch. And like I said, there's others that, you know, I could think of, but those three, you know, the ones that immediately popped to mind. Sure, sure. You know, I always have the same answer on this type of a question, and I, I, I feel bad con- continually going back to it, but I think maybe it means that it's like my real answer. But mm-hmm. when I was uh, going to college at Texas Tech and I was covering games on Friday nights, several times I got to cover Andrews when Shad Williams played there. Mm-hmm. And Shad Williams was a man among boys more so than I've seen. And, he, I mean, he was running back, big, strong, could go up the middle, but he also could get, could get the corner and be gone in a heartbeat on you. And yeah, he had his numbers in high school were mm-hmm. off the charts. I can't remember how, many, how much he rushed. For. Well, I guarantee you he ran for over 250 yards every time I saw him play. Wow. And, and uh, of course, he played, for, he played at Tech, Spike Dykes' last year, and then he transferred to Alabama. Um, and then he played for the Bills and maybe a couple NFL teams. But he's also, like, the quickest player I ever covered to get in the High School Football Hall of Fame. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. so that was, you know, obviously it was pretty special. And I was just a kid. I didn't even know any better. And I was like, wow, boy, this guy's great. Yeah. So, well, a couple others I'll just throw in there because uh, I've, I've mentioned this guy a bunch. And I feel like you sometimes were, or maybe I feel like a broken record. Uh, you know, Jordan Parkus from Rosebud Live, mm-hmm. he was just unreal. One of the best high school football players I've ever seen. Didn't end up playing in college. Didn't really get a ton of recruiting interest uh, until really, really late in the process. But mm-hmm. I think he went to A&M just as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, he was amazing. And they won state his senior year. Uh, I'll never forget, he had a an interception return that was like 108 yards mm. in the state semifinals against Rodgers at Waco ISD. I mean, he caught it on the last play of the first half in the back of the end zone and right. weaved his way all the way down the, <laughs> the field to score. That was, that was amazing. That play, like, lives on in my brain and probably has a lot to do with why I think he's so great. But... Um, and then um, the other guy I was going to mention that's not a Central Texas guy, but, you know, in my previous incarnation as a, as a sports writer, I was in Brenham, mm-hmm. my hometown, and Brenham was in a district for a while with New Caney. And New Caney had a guy by the name of Adam Dunn. Mm. Adam Dunn went and played uh, baseball for many, many years, mm-hmm. you know, 400 home runs, I think. You know, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, ended up being big, hulking guy, you mm-hmm. know, played for the Reds and the White Sox. Uh, but um, in high school, he was much slimmer. He was mm-hmm. still a big guy. He was like 6'5". Mm-hmm. But uh, he played football, basketball, and baseball and did them all well. Yeah. And I always thought, honestly, like I saw him play all three of those sports in high school because mm-hmm. uh, Brenham played them in every sport. But I always thought football was his like best sport. Mm-hmm. He was their quarterback and was really, really good. And uh, actually Texas had offered him a scholarship, and he I think he had committed, but he, you know, he ended up – Going to the major, going too high in the draft, right? Going, going to baseball, and you know, avoided getting tackled, tackled all those years. <laughs> well, that leads to you know, my column that's running tomorrow is about how Patrick Mahomes didn't go high enough in the draft. He went in thirty seventh round, but I think think he had already kind of made up his mind to take a shot at football. 
Yeah, Kyler Murray is another one that yeah. you know flirted, yeah. flirted yeah. with baseball. So, Absolutely. Um, some pretty good athletes that we have just mentioned. Yep. Well, I guess that'll do it. I we didn't come up with much of an end game, but uh, well, you'll be week. at the Troy Robinson game. I'll be at the Troy Robinson so game. So you'll get to yep. see her botchick in person. I will, unless, well, yeah. <laughs> Unless it gets called off. It is on TV. You know, there are, there are worse things than drinking beer on your couch and watching the game, <laughs> <Thank> boss. <you. laughs>